You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Empire. Welcome to the latest episode of All's Caps with former Capitals defenseman Carl Alsner. I'm AP hockey writer Steve Wino. I guess this is the the Christmas break edition of, of All's Caps, right, Carl? Yeah, it is. Everybody's everybody's on the break. Hockey got got started on their break a little bit earlier. We're I feel definitely feel like I'm on a break, trying to figure out what to do with the uh, with the kids all day long since now that they're home and <laughs> there's nothing else going on. And it's actually like relatively cold outside here too in DC. So even even getting out to the parks and stuff, it's uh, it's tough right now. So yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling Christmas break. That's for sure. We'll, we'll get into. I want to get into the Christmas break thing first, but but we haven't talked enough about your your Disney vacation and your mess of getting home from all of that yet. You did get to your family to Florida to Disney earlier this month, and then you took had some colossal disaster getting home, right? Yeah, it was crazy. It was, it was one of the the more interesting travel days I've ever had. Um, and yeah, it's 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 quite a long story, but. Kind of the Coles notes is we we got to the airport uh, at a reasonable time. Um, we got through the check-in process pretty quick, I'd say, and we were kind of feeling pretty good about ourselves. We we're like, let's go grab some lunch, whatever, just just kind of relax. And then we round the corner, and I saw the world's longest security line. Like I've never seen. It looked a crazy. Line. It looked it looked it insane. Was, yeah, it was absolutely insane, and so. We got into that line, started moving. I don't even know how long it took, but it took a really long time. We finally got through, and um, and we realized, holy smokes! Like like that we're going to be done boarding in about five minutes. So we had to get on a, a shuttle. We got to the gate, and uh, we were running like Home Alone style, running through the airport. And we got there a minute and a half late, and so the gate was closed. But luckily, they got all six of us on the standby. Um, on standby we got on the next flight got our tickets it was just an hour later so we missed the five o'clock flight we were on the the six o'clock flight and um that got delayed for mechanical reasons and they had to bring in a new plane which arrived at 8 30 and so you know we were three kids we only had so much so much food and diapers and uh our youngest since he's still in diapers he uh Ended up going through all those diapers. So we were holding on. He's a size six diaper. <laughs> we had him stuffed into a size three, just bursting at the seams. And so we were panicking about that. And anyways, we finally get on that flight and it was so windy. Someone on Twitter had said, like, hopefully you guys aren't flying into D.C. because it's super windy today. And sure enough, we were going into Reagan and uh, we were coming in sideways. And we we're about 10 feet from the ground where we, we had to pick back up and uh circled the airport uh i think in total three times like i actually have the the flight path um someone sent me a picture of it yikes and then we ended up having to reroute yeah to dulles and same thing came in sideways we had a puker behind us and uh we landed 
finally, and two of our four bags were at Dulles. The other two um, with our vehicle were at Reagan. So I had to take a taxi to Reagan, pick up that stuff. And then there was no taxis, no van taxis at Dulles. So I had to make my way back out to Dulles um, to go and pick up the family. And luckily they got a van when I was like 10 minutes away. So turned back around to Arlington and uh, we finally got in at just before 2 a.m. So anyways, it was a long day, crazy day. I never... I've experienced turbulence like that before, but it was it was up there. So I just felt bad for the kids, but we made it, and it was you know it was still worth it. The trip was still worth, it, even though we had that at the end. Yeah, I know you were making fun of, of Eric Fair for not being a good flyer, but if a, a flight like that, I can understand it. Yeah, well, that those are the ones that make you make you worried. Like it actually went through it went through a little bit through my head, but my wife she said it after. She's like, well, like you know, if we don't make it. Like at least we're all together, you know. It's like uh, don't it's think like that. Feeling. Don't, like, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a terrible feeling, though. As a parent, if you're like, you know, if, if you and your wife are out on a vacation and you hit terrible turbulence and it's just, you know, something, you know, something crazy could happen. All you're thinking about is, man, like, why are we both here together and the kids are back home with somebody else? You know, it's just like it's a weird feeling, a weird, weird thought that does go through your head and. And we both had similar thoughts that it was, it was that, it was that crazy that we thought, you know, maybe, you know, maybe we come in a little bit too hot and, and this plane goes down, but yeah, it's just, don't really want to think that way, but that, that's how rough it was. Everyone was okay. That's the good news. Um, different yeah. kind of travel craziness that the, the Capitals this week, they go to Philly, they start skating in the morning. Guys, Daniel Sprong and, and Justin Schultz get pulled off the ice for COVID results. And then within a couple hours, the game's postponed. Everybody has to fly home, start the Christmas break. It's just kind of one of those things that everyone's dealing with the world right now. And the Capitals are right in the middle of that. Yeah, they are. And so it's, it's tough because... You know, there's so many different opinions on on everything and how how to handle it what what makes sense and um you know the first the first time i heard one of the players uh come out and say that they think that the everything should just be put on hold until after christmas and just just kind of see where everything is and at first i thought i'm like what I, it doesn't make any sense to do that and then as i thought about it a little bit more and seeing how many guys were testing positive you know players and staff it just, you know, it, it made sense to me. It was, we went through the same thing when we had the original shutdown. Like we got to the rink in Montreal for for uh, a skate and we were supposed to get on a plane that day to head out to San Jose where it was at the time the hotbed of, of COVID. And all of a sudden we just kind of all got pulled out of the dressing room team meeting and got sent home. Didn't come back for, for months. So it was, it's just one of those things where it's kind of like, I would assume for those guys, a bit of a relief you know it's just like we don't have to worry about you know am i going to be testing positive am i going to get to play tonight how many guys are we going to have in the lineup you know is it going to be a bunch of guys that have been just called up or is it going to be our full team what's going on so i would imagine that they were just kind of relieved to to just put put a little bit of a break to it get a longer christmas break too which is uh, a major bonus i think because you know it's it, it's my favorite holiday so i'm, I'm sure they're probably fairly happy that they get to spend a little bit more time with their family and not have to worry about what's going on. But it's, it's weird. And it's unfortunately the world we live in right now. So I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know how you feel about it in terms of, you know, what, what you're doing and how you get to what you have to cover, because there's, I guess, less to talk about. 
and to write about, but it's yeah, it, I think it makes sense for them to do this right now. Unfortunately, it's more to write about. It'd be much easier if the games just went on and it wasn't every day we'd have to cancel or postpone this game or this guy's in protocol. It's kind of a pain in the ass, actually, to for for all this to kind of shuffle and, and we don't even know like as of now we're, we're talking on 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 wednesday the 22nd as of now the capitals are supposed to play the ottawa senators on, on monday monday the 27th and we don't even know if that's gonna that game's gonna happen at this point yeah well especially because it's a yeah, cross-border game so yep, that, exactly that, that's yeah that's uh it's up in the air i mean I, I don't know i just don't see it i don't see it really ending that quick you know i i, I do agree with putting this pause on right now to inspect sure, the break right a little now, bit yeah. sooner. But but I don't know. I, I don't see how it's it, anything. I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know how it's going to change uh, before then. So what the league's going to decide, I'm I'm not positive. I know the NFL, the, the way that they're handling things with, I believe it's testing less, right? And asymptomatic players are, are still able to play. Is that am I? Is that right? Or yeah, do I understand that? It sounds like what the NFL is going to do is something almost like a, a TSA random check of – asymptomatic vaccinated players to where unless you're you're unvaccinated which is only in the nhl tyler bertuzzi or you're vaccinated with symptoms you're only going to get tested uh for the in the nfl at least if you are kind of a random draw essentially uh, almost like a lottery that you don't want to win <laughs> yeah no kidding that's yeah, i mean it's like uh, it's like when we would get uh, drug tested it was always always random sometimes it didn't seem so random but it, it was apparently always random and you just you didn't, uh, you didn't, I guess you didn't really care, but it was just more annoying than anything. But I, I don't know. It, 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 this goes beyond, you know, beyond just the players and whether or not they're able to perform. There's, there's other people at risk. And, you know, I know, for example, the, um, the Montreal Canadiens, they got one of their trainers, um, has diabetes, uh, yeah, has diabetes. And so he's, um, you know, it, it doesn't, it's, it just puts him at a little bit more risk. And so, the way that he handles it and, and the rest of the training staff is a little different. So it's just, it's something that you just have to try and look at the full picture if you can. And I know sometimes it's hard for us to do it because we just want to watch hockey or guys just want to play hockey and, and all that. But it, but it is, it's, it's a difficult situation. Yeah, and, and, and what seems like it's going to happen is NHL players usually, and I know you guys as, as a CBA kind of negotiated that extra Christmas break where nothing can happen on the 26th. Now everyone's going to come back on the 26th, a day early, do testing, and they're going to basically let anybody who's not positive go into the training facility. And so we could be on Sunday talking about a whole kind of rash of postponements because you could have teams like, like the Capitals walking in with half your team or more testing positive. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a wait and see. Cause they're not going to know. And, uh, and, and I don't know, they're going to have to make a, a pretty quick decision on what they're going to do. I'm sure they're already talking about it now and running through all the possible uh, scenarios, but it's, uh, it's just a, it's just weird. You know, we're so used to having a schedule and, and everything is laid out in front of you weeks in advance. And then all of a sudden this is going to happen. So yeah, good luck. Good luck to them. I'm, I'm happy. I'm not in, in that situation right now. This is, it definitely seems like a good time to be out of the game because you don't have to worry about all this uh, all this extra stuff going on. Absolutely. And and, and one of the, the casualties of, of all these changes is, is the Olympics and the NHL not going to the Olympics. Uh, next segment, segment, Carl and I are going to talk about what seemed inevitable for, for a few days now, uh, the NHL players not going to the Beijing Olympics. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to All's Caps with uh, former Capitals defenseman Carl Osler. I'm AP hockey writer Steve Wino, and, and, and the Olympics, it, it seemed like this for a while now. Uh, the NHL players are not going to the Olympics, so no Steven Samkos, Victor Hedman, uh, all those guys around the league. Obviously, Alex Ovechkin, Nick Backstrom, these guys not getting this chance to go to the Olympics. Uh, I, I guess maybe a silver lining of this, Carl, is, is our, our buddy Eric Fair uh, might now be playing for, for, for your boy Claude Julien on Canada. <laughs> yeah, he just he might make it work. Yeah, this is... Uh... I think part of the grand plan uh, all all along when when he decided to start training again to get back to play because you know I I know that he he wanted to play in the Spangler Cup Spangler is apparently an amazing tournament I I wanted to go play it the one year and unfortunately wasn't allowed to uh, wasn't allowed to go and play and and I had heard so many great things about it so I, I think that was the plan and then you know with a little little extra cherry on top would be to get to go to the Olympics so if that still happens I mean that would be that would just be an amazing turn of events, and I hope it does work because he's spending some some time out in in the sticks in Russia now to to play some hockey, biding his time to see if uh, if that's actually going to be the case where he gets to go and, and put on the jersey, the Canadian jersey again. So I I hope for him it works. I hope for, I mean, like the the Olympics is 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 like the top. You know, that's what you want to get to as as a player, and if you you know, if you're not the one of the top guys in the NHL, and you know, you never ever thought that you would ever have an opportunity to go and play in the Olympics. Now, you're getting these guys that are able to live out this unbelievable dream after playing a couple of years in Europe, and now they're going to the Olympics representing their their countries. I just think it's so cool. So you get a guy that that never would have had a chance in a million years, probably out in in playing in the NHL, because uh, they've gone over to Europe now. And next thing you know, you got these guys that are playing like Fairzy. Yeah, I don't know if Fairzy ever really dreamt of playing in the Olympics. I know I didn't dream of playing in the Olympics. And now next thing you know, he's he's getting a pretty solid chance to get out there and play. So that is definitely a silver lining. But I look at it and I mean, like Conor McDavid still hasn't had a chance to play in the Olympics. You know, you've got some of these guys that that obviously would have been shoe-ins and, and they'll, they may never get that chance. Like who who knows if you know, next time that the, the NHL is going to have guys go and play. And so it's, it's just unfortunate because you like to see like the U.S. has made such a great push with talent, international hockey right now with the world junior team. And we yeah. still don't get to see them clash with Canada. And I, I want to see that so bad. You know, not to mention even the Russians, too. They got just unbelievable goaltending, so many good young players, so much offense. I don't know. I would I would love to have to watch it. But, you know, it is it is what it is. And I'm I'm, I'm just happy that might have uh, might have a friend that's going to be playing in the Olympics. 
Yeah, and, and, and I actually did that 2018 Olympics when the NHL wasn't there. So I'm sure we'll be telling some more stories of that between now and, and when I got to get on a plane to go to Beijing for this, because I'm going to this anyway, um, with all the testing and all the restrictions and all that, uh, until they, unless they postpone this, I'm, I'm going to this. So it, it's just a shame that we're not going to be seeing a best-on-best tournament. And, 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 and even for a guy like, like Alex Ovechkin, who has not won an Olympic gold medal, has won everything else in hockey, how much does it this stink for him that he's going to have to wait maybe until until he's, he's, I guess, f- almost 40 years old to do this in, in, in Milan in 2026. Yeah, so that's an interesting one because, you know, he, he over the last bunch of years, like he's taken he's taken all-star games off and, and tried to rest his body and, and all that. And it's tough because the, the team, the team, you know, the Washington obviously needs him healthy um, playing playing for them. And, and us as fans want him health, healthy so he can go out there and score as many goals as, as possible to – to beat that the Gretzky record, um, but then you've got the Olympics where he gets to compete for his country, which you know is is very high on on his list of things to do. So it's just a, it's one of those weird ones. So maybe in the end, it's you know it, it's good, it's it's good and bad. We I'd like to see him go there and compete, and you know as as great as it would be for for him to be able to capture that Olympic gold. Obviously, I'm a I'm a Team Canada fan, so I. I can't be cheering, cheering too loudly for him uh, in, in that tournament. But, you know, if he never wins an Olympic gold, I, I, you would still think that he's, he's pretty happy with everything sure, else that's going on. But, but what, I'm, what I'm interested in is, is your trip to, to, uh, to China. Like, what, how does that work? Are you just their lone soldier just doing your thing? Or do you have a – is there a group of you? Do you have a guide? Because I, I feel like going there would just be – so intimidating. Well, the 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 good news, the, the good and the bad news. The good news is this will be my third Olympics, and and I, I did Sochi when I was working at Canadian Press. I did Korea when I in my first, I guess, third year in, at the AP. Uh, we have we send a whole crew of people. I know Greg Wyshynski, my colleague from ESPN, is is still going on the hockey side uh, to cover. So I'll have people around, but we still don't have flights to, to go there yet. Um, it, it's it's a complete logistical nightmare. We're supposed to be testing every day. Uh, we've all heard about the, this kind of uh, isolation rooms, isolation centers. Um, so everybody, uh, knock on wood, and, and hope that that I'm able to make it through the Olympics and get back safely without any kind of of quarantine. Which I know the NHL players are worried about too. So how would that? Do you even know yet? What would be your quarantine? So say you test positive, like. A couple of days before you're supposed to come back. What what's your quarantine like? It, it, it right now it sounds like it's a three week situation unless you can test Ooh. negative. Um, but I, I would like to not be stuck in Beijing for three weeks after the Olympics. I, I would like I would like to be able to get home and, and not have to use a kind of a cargo plane or a cargo ship across the Pacific to get home. We don't know yet, <laughs> and 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 that's the thing that I know NHL players were getting nervous about. But we we just don't know yet and, and and you have this new omicron variant where kind of everybody's testing positive and and, and thankfully it seems like most of the, the situations for vaccinated people are, are very mild we don't know if china's going to change the rules if they're still going to be like oh if you test positive you're a, a leper we don't know exactly what what's going to happen in that case because it's certainly not going to be like the nfl where you're not going to test asymptomatic vaccinated people uh and, and that's something that I was talking to a colleague earlier. If you're the Eric Fairs, the Philippe Malays of the world, Jason Demers, uh, do you want to go to the Olympics? I think the answer is still yes. But with all these questions and, and, and knowing the Olympic experience is not the same, it is a legitimate question, right? Yeah, so I would think like as, as, a, as an NHL, full-time NHL guy uh, who, who has their season going on, it 
it definitely makes you think a little bit more. It's like, do I want to risk it uh, to go to the Olympics and test positive, have to do all that stuff? But as as like we said, as a guy who who isn't playing in the NHL right now and they're having an opportunity to realize a dream by playing in the Olympics still, I, I think you take that chance and and you just and you just go for it. You know, eventually you're gonna you're gonna test negative and you'll get to go back to uh, to your uh, to wherever you were playing before. And, you hope and so, right? Off your yeah. season, yeah, eventually. But uh, but yeah, it just the, the, I think I think in that in that scenario, the risk is definitely uh, worth the reward of of getting to play, especially with an opportunity to to win a gold medal. I mean, Canadians are always competitive, even even though it's uh, not the NHL guys. I think they'll still be very competitive and and have a, have a good opportunity. So yeah, I, that's uh, thinking positive and testing negative is is going to be the slogan of, of of the Beijing Olympics. That, that's what that's what Ron Rivera says all the time, and and and, and yeah, it, it that's the risk. Twenty eighteen, at least when like Wojtek Volski was on that Canadian team in twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Scrivens was the goalie. Like it was it was a tournament that no one cared about except for those of us who were, were over in Korea. And I fear it's that now. But now you've got the risk of of, of testing positive. You're not going to really have kind of the Olympic Village experience. I don't know for for players or for us what to expect. But I'm I'm afraid that all oh, those of you back in North America aren't going to even be watching this tournament now. Yeah, that's that's definitely the concern with the time change. It's uh, you're going to get less eyes on it. You know, I I, I definitely will go on record and say I, I won't be probably I won't be tuning into any games live. Most likely, I'll I'll check the scores and all that. But just read my uh, stuff. I I don't care if you watch the game. Just read my stuff. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's all I do is I'll, I'll be reading. I won't be watching. So I have to brush up on my reading skills because I'm better at watching things than I am reading right now. <laughs> do, you, do you need to like record my stories and like read them out loud for you so you can listen to it like a podcast? Yes, please. I need audio audio books only. <laughs> be, I actually I'm... did. It's it's so funny. I did put a book down uh, a year ago because I was reading it. And I'm like, geez, like I I feel like I'm I'm somewhat smart, but I was reading this thing. And I'm like, this is just too hard to follow. Like the the words this guy is using right now, I just I gotta stop because I'm making myself feel so dumb. So I had to put it down. And I ended up uh, starting a different different book, an audio book. <laughs> well, I, I, I write at a grade five level, or that's what we're told to, to write at. So I don't think that's any any concern of, of not understanding anything I write. <laughs> that's so funny. And it's true, though. You, you don't you don't want to write uh, you know, at a level that, that people aren't going to always understand. And it's just easier to read. I, I totally get that. I, there, there's been times where I've thought, you know, I, because Mandy's brother is actually, he's, he's one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. And, and he he's really good at explaining things to people something that seems like it's it's too hard to understand he's really good at explaining it but then there's been times where i'm like i gotta i'm gonna put a few really big words in my back pocket and just <laughs> and just throw them out there every now and then and and see if he how he reacts to that or even if i pronounce them correctly so i've always uh i've always kind of had like a, a list i guess of if i go to my notes right now it just says like big words to use sometimes <laughs> we're all we're all trying to throw out these words and uh I'll probably miss. Uh, I won't even pronounce them correctly, but it's fun just to. It's fun to know those things sometimes. You've you've asked on on Carl's stupid questions, kind of what the word you can't spell every time. And I was saying this to yeah. somebody the other day. For me, it's privilege. Every time I type it, I can't get it right. Yeah. What? So, you? I guess yeah. Yeah, but if you're typing, you got autocorrect. Thank though, God right? for spell check. Um, basically, essentially, yeah. yeah. I just it's I, I get <laughs> I, I get paid to do this. I get paid to write, and it's one of those where I'm like, nope. Every time I can't get this correct. Oh yeah, no, we all got our word like that. I, I mean, for me, it's, uh, it's probably restaurant. I always spell restaurant wrong. I don't, I don't know why. Like I, right now, I probably couldn't even spell R E S T. This is where I screw up. Is it if it's A U or A? 
Yeah, you got it. You got it. You got it. You got it. Yeah. So there you go. Anyways, that I fold. I, I have to type it into my phone. So that's yeah, it's, it's one of those things where just you can't I can't get over that mental block of restaurant and still uh, say the, the place I'm going to eat. That, 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 that's the problem when you're trying to make a reservation. But that's that as long as, long as you know how to call a place and make a reservation and, and Google it, you'll be fine. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's pretty much where I leave it right now. And I just picked up my 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 notes of, of big words and, and I'm trying to figure out if there's any of them that I can uh I can drop sometime in one of these podcasts. You'll you'll definitely notice it when it when it comes out. We're, we're gonna have to have like hidden word things, like like a, a bit of, of make sure we get a certain word or phrase into every episode from now on. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm I'll, I'll get one in. Don't worry, I'm I'm, gonna, I'm already starting to think about it right now. We're we're all about bringing the levity here. I know everything is. We're all talking about cancellations and stuff in, in the Olympics. Uh, when we come back, we're gonna talk about the World Junior Hockey Tournament, which is starting uh, in, in Alberta, and and some pleasant memories about Carl Osner in the Royal Juniors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to All's Caps. So with eight, with uh, former Capitals defenseman Carl Osner, I am AP hockey writer Steve Wino, and it's World Junior Hockey time, which is as much as, as we can kind of lament the, the Olympic stuff going on, a, a happy time, a, a, really, a really good hockey tournament that, that, that you were fortunate enough to be a part of twice, right, Carl? Yeah, very, very fortunate to be a part of twice. It's like, yeah, I think it's starting to get bigger in the U.S., but it is it is massive in Canada. It's what everybody talks about. Everyone looks forward to it. It's all over the TV, the radio, everything. And, um, you know, you, you can't really go anywhere without hearing someone about it. And the U.S. being the defending champions, it'd be nice to to have that, uh, I guess, that, that same level of excitement here. I haven't really heard anybody talk about it um, in this area, but I, I would imagine there's uh, there's some places. I was looking at the U.S. Team USA's roster. Uh, earlier today and they got uh i think it's the university of minnesota and michigan who has some serious representation on that team so uh, I'm, I'm sure that there's uh there's some places that that are talking about it as much as everybody does up north so it, it's very exciting times i'm already working on getting my feed so i can watch some of the uh, canadian games down here as well yeah and i think uh, around the around washington we'd be talking about it more if, if hendrix lapierre were on the team uh hockey canada released the roster a few days ago hendrix lapierre not part of that team he was sent back to, to to junior that's a tough break for for a kid who who thought i guess he was going to be playing high level q hockey in, in quebec league and then also playing in, in the world junior tournament absolutely yeah because you get you get so much good experience from the world juniors it's it's very high pressure um extremely good competition uh, you learn a ton and so it's it's extremely unfortunate um and we had talked about this earlier in the year if you are if you're going back to junior you know there's a couple ways that 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 players will handle that and they'll handle it um either by going back down there and being like you know i i, I should just be in the nhl i don't want to be here and I just want to get out of here and, and go back now that I've got a taste of what the what pro hockey's like. And they don't necessarily um, bring that extra level from what they've learned playing their whatever it was, five, six, seven, eight, nine games pro. And I'm not saying that that's the case uh, 
for uh, for Jimmy, right? We decided to go with uh, Jimmy. Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy's the yeah. name that we should be going with, yes. With Jimmy, um, yeah. I'm not saying that that's that's the case, but I'm I'm definitely curious what the what the knock on, on him was with uh, with Hockey Canada because you know some guys will go back after they get sent down and and they'll just rip it up because they've they've got that little bit of extra extra experience and it would have been awesome to see what he could do in international hockey. And I think that would have gone a long way for, for his development, but um, yeah, it's probably something we won't find out, unfortunately. Um, and, and maybe it can be one of those things that he uses to his little chip on the shoulder to, uh, to prove that maybe he should have been there. And, you know, it, it's, it could propel him forward if, if it goes that way. Yeah. And a little bit of a disjointed season for him too, right? Where, where he, he starts the season with the Capitals, he's playing, he's kind of playing every other game or so. And then he's sitting for a little bit and playing for a little bit. And then all of a sudden gets sent back to a team. He, he was traded in the queue, I guess last year. So he didn't really know anybody. It's been a tough go of a, of a few months for, for Hendricks LaPierre. Yeah, for sure. You, you get these like major highs down to some seriously low lows. And it, it all depends on how you can pick yourself up out of those. And, um, I, I couldn't imagine, you know, he, there's, there was so much talk about him and in training camp with, with how impressive he was, you know, great attitude, guys loved having him around and gets to stick around and play some games and, you know, a possibility of staying the entire season. And then all of a sudden that gets flipped and, and you're back down in junior with a bunch of guys. I'm sure he knows, you know, knows some of the guys, but still not super familiar and, and then not making the world junior team. It, it's unfortunate. And that's, it, it can I guess really, really show you what kind of player they are, depending on how they bounce back from all that stuff. But that's that's some some serious adversity to go through as as a young as a young person. So you know, I, I I'm sure I'm sure in the end it'll be one of those things where, you know, he talks about it was it was a really good good moment to learn from, and you know that's that's how I felt when I had my my days in Hershey, uh, you know, wanting to be in the NHL so bad and and not not enjoying the moment enough of playing in the American League. With, with all the guys there and, and having such a great team. And it, so so hopefully it goes that way. But yeah, it's it's a it's a lot of hits. It's a lot of hits to take. Sure. And 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 fortunately for you, you got to play in, in, in the World Junior twice, uh with two gold medals. And and one of the the, the the team you were on, this was this was the Jonathan Tays year, Brad Marchand. Uh like what do you remember from from your two years in that tournament, including being the captain for Canada the, the second time? Yeah, so it was it was interesting. My first year, it came down to me and uh, one of my best friends, Dustin Cohn. Actually, we played we played on the same team. Um, he was my neighbor. Uh, we always drove to the rink together. And then that one year, he got traded uh, to Brandon, and it came down to me and him to to get that last defenseman uh, spot. And um, unfortunately for him, and fortunate for me, but it was one of those bittersweet feelings where. You know, I knew I had another opportunity next year to make the team, and this was his his last opportunity at it. And that tournament can it can really change your your career arc. You know, making making a team like that could could really change things. And he still still played some games in the NHL, which is which was awesome. But yeah, I ended up making the team over him, and we had a phenomenal squad. It was just it was it was really well constructed. We had. We had great offense, an unbelievable checking line um, that was just absolutely tormenting other teams' top lines. It was they had so much speed. It was so much fun to watch them play. And then you know, Carey Price uh, in the pipes there was he was just phenomenal uh, in that shootout that we did have when yeah, Jonathan Taze was was the hero offensively, and and that U.S. team was stacked too. I mean, that was a uh, Patrick Kane was on that team and. 
I think he was, I think everyone was starting to realize how good he was at that time. And so that was a, it was just an insane matchup. But I think actually, well, this is a funny thing. I was talking about this yesterday is that we had another defenseman, um, Chris Russell on the, on the team. And now he plays in Edmonton. Yep. And I think he just uh, passed the record for the most block shots by a defenseman in a career, I believe. And uh, he's a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah, and in that tournament, he uh, also set the record for most goals by a defenseman. And so it was just so weird to see, you know, how how people, I guess it's just, yeah, it just goes to show you how you have to fill a role at some point in your career. And, uh, you know, in junior, he was a 80, 90-point defenseman scoring goal after goal, setting a record at the World Junior Tournament for, for goals scored. And now in the NHL, he's known as a shutdown defenseman that just blocks shots. You know, it's just... It's just weird how everybody has to fill a role, and uh, and that tournament will bring that out in you. And so, yeah. Anyways, it was it was a, a great year, really good team. And then yeah, the next year when I got to be captain, it was just boatloads of pressure. But um, same thing. We had a, a really well constructed team. We did lose a game in the round robin in overtime to Sweden, which really really uh, hurt us. But at the same time, I think kind of uh, solidified us as as a group of a group of guys that. We just came together after that, and we were. I think we played some really solid hockey and getting to lift the trophy. I, I saw someone posted a picture of it and sent it to me today, lifting the trophy, and it's like just instant flood of of memories and and how much fun we had and, uh, yeah, just for some reason two years in a row got the U.S. in in the semifinals and it's uh, as everyone knows, it's it's one of the biggest rivalries in in hockey. So it was it was fun that we had that opportunity, got to kind of realize realize all those dreams and and yeah big springboard into into the next phase of hockey and and you mentioned uh the just the the kind of chris russell this is what we're talking about with eric fair too like throughout his career he was a great a big goal scorer in the in the dub in whl and then all of a sudden has to be kind of a, a shutdown guy um that 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 tournament that, that you played in the first time how much not, not to disrespect what you did for 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 calgary but how much do you think that tournament helped you become a top five pick oh god it, it was i never would have been top five pick without it like Usually, usually you are, um, you know, you're already drafted by the time you make that team, right? So normally you're, you're typically 19 years old, I guess, when, right. when you're playing in that tournament. And so I got to play when I was 18 and I didn't, um, I was a late birthday as well. So my draft year was later. So I had, I just had way more opportunity than, than most guys to, I guess, to prove what I could do. And it was one of the best years of, of hockey that I had statistically. And so it just, yeah, it went, it went a really, really long way. And I got to play with, with Drew Doughty, who it was a bit of a coming out party for him as well in that tournament. So, so yeah, it, it, I never would have been drafted fifth overall, I don't think, without, without having uh, played in that tournament. So, so yeah, it was, it was really good. And yeah, like you said, it's uh, in, in all sports and I think hockey uh, maybe especially is that you, you sometimes have to lose a little bit of yourself for the for the better of the team you know there's there's lots of guys that can go out there and you know play play offensive and take risks and and try and score goals at the at the sacrifice of maybe some defensive play and and what i what i personally have loved to have gone out there and and played way more offense at, at times yeah but i knew that i was relied heavily on to to play defense and to make sure i was there to back up my forwards my defense but defense partner or, or help out the goalie and so you know, everybody just kind of falls into falls into a role, and and once you're in that role, it's it's pretty hard to to change that. And so, you're you're just trying to survive. You're trying to make a living. You're trying to stay in the league as long as possible. And if that means that you 
you uh, have to block shots and, and do it that way, then that's what you do. If it means you, you're trying to fight guys, unfortunately, that's what you do also. And so it, it's kind of interesting how it all shakes out. Yeah, and you're far from the only Capitals guy of uh, uh, this generation to have big world junior success. Alex Ovechkin obviously did that. Um, and, and and your guy, John Carlson, I know you spoke with about trying to, to join us at some point. We have to Can, can we get him on and, and just say we're going to talk about his world junior heroics next week? Because if we have no other hockey to talk about, we better be talking about some, some, some happy memories about John Carlson and, and guys in the world junior. Yeah, yeah, no, he was he was going to come on this week, but that's what happens when the the season takes a turn, and next thing you know, you're you're on daddy duty, and and it takes up all your time. So we will, but I remember that when he the year that he uh, he went there because we were in we were in Hershey playing, and he asked if if uh, he think if if he should go back. You know, he could either stay with us and, and continue continue to play in the American Hockey League, or have an opportunity to go play in, like I said, one of the best tournaments uh, in hockey. And I was really pro uh world juniors wanted him to go and play and and he ended up doing that and and uh broke a bunch of uh canadians hearts in in the process and, and came back with a with that huge shit-eating grin on his face after <laughs> and it was it was great for him put him on the map and i think really gave him a little bit extra confidence to end up doing what he did the rest of that year uh in washington i think he was he was just a stud when he got called up and and played as good as he did, and so I, I think that tournament helped. But yeah, we'll try and try and get him out there and get him on here and see if he'll tell us a little bit about that and and how things uh, ended up going for him because he was he was uh, a major celebrity after that. Right, and we'll be remiss if, we, if we're not saying everybody hope we we hope everyone gets to enjoy their their Christmas, their holidays, uh, and and everyone's safe out there. Carl, what 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 are your family plans for for Christmas? Well, we actually are getting possession taking possession of our house tomorrow. Congratulations. So, uh, yeah, thanks. My visa came through a few days ago, so it's been uh, it's been pretty pretty good news so far for us here. So our plan is to uh, um, I think start to move in a little bit, just get get a few things we got in storage here into the house, just take it easy. And I don't really know. I, I don't with with everything that the guys have going on with uh, with a bunch of guys testing positive and don't really want to get in the way of of what they have going on. We'll probably stick to ourselves for the most part and just try and uh, get outside. We went to Enchant the other night. Um, at, at National's Park, yeah. Park. Yeah, super, How was that? super cool. It was really, really great. I, I loved it. After after we got home, I, I bought myself a um, one of those bubble snow machines that uh, shoots out like bubble foam, so it makes it look like it's snowing. So I thought that was a nice touch. So I picked up one of those right as soon as I got home. And I'm trying to figure out, they got these sweet little like twinkly lights in the stands right now. And the security guard got mad at me because I walked into the stands trying to figure out uh, what they were and what, <laughs> what name was on them. So I could buy those too. Cause my, like I said, a huge Christmas fan. I, I just love, uh, love everything about it and decorating. So I wanted to buy some of those as well, but it was a good time. Kids loved it. And uh, if you want to get in the Christmas spirit, I think that's a good thing. So I'm, I'm also going to try and get down back down to the wharf being there the other night. We're going to try and do that um, maybe tomorrow and and just, uh, I don't even know, maybe get on the ice. Maybe maybe go for a twirl. I got a pair of rollerblades the other day too. So I'm just going to try and counter all the junk I'm going to eat and, and stuff I'm going to drink. So that's uh, kind of my plan. What about you? 
Uh, yeah, no, well, you know, it's it's nice that you'll have the uh, the the you could pop some some champagne in your new house and and celebrate <laughs> and uh, no, it just f- family for me and 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 just the, the the same thing that it's nice to get a few days off as much as as we like watching the NBA games and, and the football games on on Christmas. Having worked those days, you you realize how many people have to stop their family time to work those, and it's one of the things I appreciate about the about the NHL is there are no games on Christmas Eve, there are no games on Christmas Day, and we can kind of all sit back and. and and relax and enjoy that time with family rather than being at the rink. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm honestly it's one of the best things about about retirement is getting to enjoy the holidays and not worrying about everything that you're consuming and that it's gonna hurt you when you when you come back to play. And so I, I definitely think the NHL does that right. I love that we negotiated for um, having three days off. That's uh, I think that's huge as well and just gives like you said everybody that has to to stop to work those games uh, a little bit more time. Like someone was telling me at, at this place, we go and take the kids, uh, it's called the St. James and that it was going to be open on Christmas day. And I was just thinking, Oh my goodness. Thank, thank God. I don't have to go and work on Christmas day because it's, uh, it, I just like people to be able to enjoy Enjoy the family time and, and I guess relax a little bit. Right. And for those of you who do have to work on, on Christmas Eve and Christmas day, uh, hope, hope it all goes well. Hope everybody's safe out there and we'll talk to you next week on all caps.